What's up, everybody? This is Jordan Rossler and Derek Ambrosen from the Dynasty Builders Podcast, part of the DLF family of podcasts. Each week, we use film analysis, rookie breakdowns, ADP, analytic tools, and a dose of humor to ensure that you get actionable and practical advice from each and every episode to help you build a dynasty. Superflex City population, all the QBs, all the Superflex content, and all of you Superflexers. Superflex finally has a home all its own, and the city never sleeps. Superflexperts, Superflexible, the Superflex Super Show, and much, much more, all under one city skyline, means you never have to leave Superflex City. Every ounce of Superflex advice, theory, speculation, and strategy on the planet lives right here. Subscribe to the Superflex City podcast feed wherever you listen to podcasts and get access to the only fantasy football entity on earth that is committed entirely to Superflex. Let the Superflex authority be your tour guide as you explore these city streets. Welcome to Superflex City. Football.com and a DLF family of podcasts. That's Dr. Mildcat and Meatloaf Wildcat, Brian Haar. Oh, dude, I like that. I know, right? Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde. Yeah, like which one we get? A lot. Yeah, you. Yeah. well, it's been a while, so you, you might get a little taste of both tonight. Oh, I, I, would, I would gladly take it. I uh, always appreciate the Mildcat, but... Uh, a little meatloaf wildcat in our lives is never a bad thing. Yeah, well, just don't insult Justin Herbert tonight, okay? <laughs> That's it. He's 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 got Where's the jersey. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Saquon is still. He might have taken a step back, but he's still he's still uh, he's still on the protected list. And that's the second most famous Rocky in Philadelphia, Rocky Petrella. Yeah, I just want to say this. Despite what you may have heard or what I may say on this podcast, I do love Superflex and I don't hate quarterbacks. Just had to get that out there, Sean. So you say. So you say. <laughs> Just because it's your maiden voyage, you don't have to. You don't have to stroke us, Rock. It's fine. And it's me. It's me. It's that old SFD, and this is the Superflex Super Show. We get. We get. Dr. Mildcat, Meatloaf Wildcat. We get him back. Uh, it's been a minute with Brian Har, And we get a maiden voyage with the junkie himself, 
the rock, the great one, the people's champ, Rocky Petrella. <laughs> <laughs> That's me. I'm happy to be here, John. Thanks for having me on. Hell yeah. Good to, good to finally get you on rock. And, uh, we're, we're, we'll, uh, you and I are going to keep it civil this time. We, we definitely have a, a discussion coming. Yeah. At some yeah. point. Oh, that reminds me though. I did, I did want to say to you, I, I heard your, uh, trade addicts, uh, pod today. Uh-huh. Um, your trade addicts guest spot with the, with Ross and, uh, I, two things I wanted to comment on one positive, one, not so positive. The uh, I, I loved your take on the on the whole your home redraft league because I am that is I don't commission one but I've been in one for fifteen years and th- those those people are it. impossible yeah it's like it's, it's so funny I have the, the, my buddy commissions it and he I think he's secretly he secretly one of us uh, one of us degenerates and doesn't realize it yet because he wants to go super flex he wants to he wants to change all sorts of things around and we both know that like the rest of the league is so not going to go for that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like you still have kickers and DST. Yes, and we stuff. do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah it, 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 it was a couple years to get them to go to PPR like yeah. five, six years back. Yeah. <laughs> Same. Yeah. And I actually have another one that's long running that I'm not the commissioner of that's still standard in like, it's kind of come full circle at this point where, like standard scoring it I, like i was i i hated it for a for a long time and then just kind of now i'm to a point where i'm like you know that's my only standard scoring league across 20 leagues and i kind of appreciate the strategy behind it it's, like it, it's different yeah that that home redraft league was standard for a long time mine but uh, yeah i yeah i much prefer ppr and and, and have for a while now yeah. and, and the other thing was the, the Marvin Jones slander needs to stop. <laughs> <laughs> what team's he going to be on? The guy is uh, well. The, he, well, he feels I'm not like saying... a perfect fit for the Philadelphia no, Eagles. By the way, <laughs> that's the type of wide receiver that they collect. Uh, unfortunately, uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, but Marvin Jones is actually better than most of the, the Eagles receivers. He he's been producing solidly for like six weeks now. I'm just talking, you know, contender this year. Junkies were promoting him as such all offseason. He didn't he didn't get off to a great start, but but he's yeah. been doing it for for six, seven weeks now. And and you just need to stop the Marvin Jones slander. Yeah. Which, you know, that like I said on on Trade Addicts, which uh it was it was fun kind of uh um leaving the super flex city here and uh getting to getting to to dap with the dap network. Um but we, you know, we were talking about wide receivers, and honestly, that's all you're looking for is wide receiver one upside. You know, more often than not, basically, um, n- nobody nobody really does anything beyond that. So if you're yeah. getting that from a guy, you're you know, great. It just man, it, like if if Marvin Jones is actually doing that, and I don't have the numbers in front of me, so I, I do, I can't dispute it, but. If he's actually doing that, it doesn't feel like it. Vanilla PPR, he, has, he had a, a 9.10 two weeks ago. Every other week, the last seven weeks is at least uh, 11 or greater, which is not amazing. But for a guy you're getting to Marvin Jones prices perfectly. And he had like 25 this past week. So, yeah. Yeah, we'll we'll take that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I mean... Brian's guy is uh is throwing to a wide receiver that I despise even more than than Marvin Jones. I in Mike Williams and and 
making him relevant. So if he can do it, well, that's what happens when your guy throws piss missiles. <laughs> exactly. Piss missiles, one of the best terms ever. I love that. <laughs> Had to tee that one up. So, yeah, this is a this this man. This is a, this is a fun cast here. We've got we've got varying opinions on quarterbacks. We've got varying opinions on specific wide receivers. Um, we we cover the entire uh, the entire spectrum of hairstyles. Uh, that's pretty cool. The no hairs. <laughs> yeah. Start with Brian and his complete lack of options, uh, and then yeah, mine. Like I I think that you can kind of tell what type of music people listen to based on their <laughs> hairstyle. So what kind of music do I listen to, Hogue? You're you're. Uh, I'm gonna say. Um, kind of, uh, well, I, I, I mean, the problem is I happen to know that you listen to a lot of country. I do. So there's that. I, but you also kind of, you've got a, a, a metal type of, uh, uh, I mean, your at least your head makes you look like a, <laughs> you look like a metal head. Uh, don't have time to. Don't have time for hair. There's nothing. Yeah. Uh, just, I just want to, just want to rock. Well, I don't have time, and I don't, I don't. There's no choice in this whatsoever. Yeah. Either. I mean, <laughs> it, it, I want to look presentable. I'm curious. You can't even see my hair, is it, or is that what's telling about me that I, I, you, I got the hat on? So I, I, <laughs> <laughs> I have reason to believe that you have a ponytail. <laughs> I do not have a ponytail. Really? I need a haircut, but there is there is no ponytail here. Oh, I thought didn't did you used to? <laughs> no, never I never had that. a ponytail. My hair doesn't even grow long. It just like grows out. It oh. it doesn't grow down. <laughs> Mine does that too. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, that throws I, me I, off then. Yours grows I, out. That's some bullshit. Yours grows <laughs> off, bro. Yours grows up. It just keeps getting high. <laughs> <and> high, <laughs> and high. <laughs> You know, last time I saw you, it was like two inches in the front. Now it's three. Next week it'll be seven. I mean, yeah, yeah. I was, I, I, I had quarantine hair before quarantine hair was cool. Oh, same. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I am. I, I'm the laziest guy ever when it comes to haircuts. Anyway, so the the, the quarantine was perfect for me. Nice. <laughs> I'll go a couple months excuse. between haircuts anyway. So <laughs> yeah. Nice. <laughs> well, so another uh, another thing that distinguishes you, Rock, is uh, it's in a year where uh, it's it's probably hard to be a fan. I mean, really, of any team in the NFC East, um, you're still <laughs> very unapologetically uh, a Philadelphia Eagles fan, and it just so happens that on this quarterback centric podcast. Uh, where all of our strategy talk starts with the quarterback position, the Philadelphia Eagles all of a sudden have a brand new quarterback. Yes, and I want to get thoughts from both of you guys, but obviously we've got to start with the Eagles fan. We've got to start on the streets of Philadelphia and find out what what do we what can we expect from Jalen Hurts going forward? Let's let's start with Jalen Hurts. I want to talk about Carson Wentz with you a little bit too, but. Let's start with Hertz. I, I think Hertz. Uh, I mean, I I don't know a ton more about him than than you guys do. Um, like uh, we were talking before the show, I I don't watch a ton of college tape or anything like that. But just from what I've seen and what I've heard, 
he's going to probably make quicker decisions than Carson Wentz. Um, not even necessarily always throwing the ball, but I think he's at least at this point in his career, the kind of guy with his first, maybe second read isn't there. He's going to tuck the ball and run. And he's definitely got more mobility than, than Wentz does. Obviously uh, we saw that even just this last game and uh it's it's hard to be like you said. We'll get into Wentz a little bit, but it, it's hard to be much worse than Wentz was <laughs> this season. So uh, I expect a little uptick in the offense. Uh, I'm not sure how good Jalen Hurts can be at this point. Uh, they when they have put him in on these rare occasions for pretty much no reason whatsoever. Uh, he, he's never passing the ball, which tells me a little something. He's thrown like, a, you know, before this game, he'd only thrown a couple passes all year, I think. So I don't expect a ton from Hurts, especially this week uh, against the Saints defense. But um, I do expect an improvement, which I guess would mean a little uptick for, for some of the, the guys there. Uh, maybe a, a Goddard or uh, hopefully Rager. Uh, this guy I was was high on coming into the season and a little disappointed with him so far. Um, but but what do you guys think of Hertz? Yeah, Brian, you're our uh, you're you're you and Dynasty Madman. You're kind of our our Devi guys here in the city. So um, you've you've probably seen more of Jalen Hertz than uh, Rocky and I combined at this point. What <laughs> what, what are what are we looking at? I mean, I've I've heard mobility is is kind of the superpower. Um, I, I mean, what, what type of mobility are we, are we looking for kind of like Kyler Murray, more Lamar Jackson, um, maybe even, uh, uh, like a Josh Allen type. Um, I would say the third is, is more, uh, in, in, in line there. I mean, I mean, the, the thing about Jalen hurts is I think he's a, I think he's a lot. He's going to be a lot better of a thrower than people anticipate. Like he, you know, the, the dude can can throw the football, and he the thing that he does well is he extends plays. So he's he's not necessarily. I, I think in college he was a tuck and run guy. Obviously in the National Football League, I I don't think that goes over quite as well if you're not super super shifty like a Lamar Jackson or like a Kyler Murray. Um, but yeah, I think the, like the Josh Allen type where, yeah, he's going to run. He's going to be a threat to run, especially down around the goal line and in the red zone, um, you know, and, and then he'll use his legs to extend plays and keep his eyes downfield. We saw him do that already this past week, um, you know, on the touchdown throw that he had. And I forget, I forget who he, who, who he went to. Um, Greg Ward. Was it Ward? Okay. Yeah. So, um, but you know, you, you kind of saw a little bit of that where he kind of was moving around inside the pocket, extending, you know, getting away from defenders and then being able to throw a strike to, to ward in the end zone. So, um, you know, I think his mobility will create opportunities for this offense. I think we all need to temper expectations, kind of like what rock said, like, I'm not sure, you know, if you're, if you're plugging him into your lineup in the fantasy playoffs, I'm not sure that that's a great move, especially if you have other options. Having said that, um, you know, if he enters the off season or non-point scoring season with, with, with the idea in his mind that, look, I have an opportunity to potentially be the starting quarterback of the Philadelphia Eagles next season. And they give him that opportunity and they give him all of those reps. I'm definitely interested to see what the kid can do, 
you know, coming into next season with a full off season preparing as, you, you know, a, a starter or a potential starter. I don't think he anticipated, you know, the, I mean, Carson, it was Carson Wentz's job entering this season. There were no first team reps for, for Hertz there, or, or if they were, they were gadget, you know, gadget type uh, stuff. There were no, you know, no, no first team reps from a, you know, you're going to play the whole game standpoint by, by any means. So, um, you know, I think he. I, I'm. I'm excited. I'm excited about it. I. I don't know that we should expect him to be. You know, some of these other. You know, the the Justin Herberts, the Kyler Murrays, the you know, the 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 guys, the young guys that come out of, you know, that have a lot of success in college, and then once they get an NFL start, they just take the job and run with it. I don't know that he's going to be that. It wouldn't surprise me. Um. You know, but but we're gonna have to to see. But I'm I'm definitely interested to see what this looks like with a whole offseason. I mean, obviously over the next couple of games as well, but into the offseason, preparing as a starter, heading into next season. Um, I'm definitely interested in him. I, I and I think he's a decent buy candidate right now because I don't think you'll have to pay a ton for him. Um and and yet the potential for him to take over that job and run with it is is there. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. I'm definitely definitely keeping an eye on this. I I actually earlier today made a trade for you'll like this, John. I made a trade for Hertz um because I am in the playoffs uh number one or number two seed and uh my two I only have two QBs and they are Mahomes and Carson Wentz. And I'm curious what you guys think uh, if, if I overpaid. This more speaks to how low uh, I am on the guy I traded than than how high I am on Hertz. <laughs> and the, also, the scoring in this league is ridiculous for quarterbacks. It's even more so than a normal superflex league. There's like, depending on length of touchdown, you can get like ten points for passing touchdown. It, it's ridiculous. You need uh-huh. to have you need to have two quarterbacks. It's almost like a two quarterback league. Um, if you don't have two quarterback, if you're not starting quarterback in the superflex, you're really screwed in this league. Um, so I had one, so I traded for Hertz, and I gave up OBJ for Hertz. Wow. And again, I mean, that speaks a lot to how low I. To me, OBJ is basically a wide receiver three at this point. Yeah. Um. I'm. Yeah. I mean. Well, for one thing, you know, we we know the type of uh, you know the type of value a quarterback can have, especially when you know I've got them and you need them. <laughs> so that's that. You know that, and that's part of the quarterback extreme strategy is just the fact that like. Why I knew you'd like this. Yeah, <laughs> it's not a move I usually make either. But the scoring in this league led me to it. Yeah, and you know, I, I mean, and this is the next thing that I wanted to ask you about. But uh, it looks like this is the beginning of, you know, a, a, at least a couple years of Jalen Hurts as the starting quarterback in Philadelphia. Like, I, like I, and I, I'm curious what you think there, and, uh, um. You know, we can we can come back to this question in a second, but I'm I'm going to go ahead and um, put it out there now, just for your consideration. Uh, but I am curious, like what what does what do the Eagles need to see? What does Doug Peterson need to see from 
you know, from Jalen Hurts uh, in the, you know, the remaining games of this 2020 season to, to, you know, feel totally comfortable just kind of moving on to him? Like, is that, is that a given or, you know, is it, it, it does he still need to earn uh, that starting job going into 2021? So I'm curious about that, but I'm also, yeah, I mean, like, it feels like a steep price, doesn't it? Har like Beckham for, for a you know a, a first time starting quarterback. But I don't know. It's not horrible. Yeah, I mean, name value. It does sound like a steep price. Having said that, I mean, I mean, do you feel confident in in Odell Beckham Jr. as a as a wide receiver too? Even at this point. I, I mean, I, I'm with Rock. Like, I, I really don't know that I do. I mean, I'm hopeful that he can come back. And actually, I'm hopeful that he gets the hell out of Cleveland. <laughs> That'd be nice. For everybody's sake, because Baker is a different quarterback when Odell's not in there. So, you know, I mean, I, I, I want him to leave Cleveland. I want him to go somewhere where, you know, he can he can thrive and where, you know, and where the, the Browns can continue what they've done over the last couple of games because – They've looked like a completely different team since he went out with an injury. So, um, you know, but, but yeah, I mean, you look, I, I, this, this is one of my things, right? I mean, you have to give good players to get good players. If you think Jalen Hurts is going to be a good player and you're hedging your bets on that, then you got to give a good player up. I have no issues at all with this deal. And especially in Superflex, where we know that quarterbacks do have inflated value, rock. <laughs> you know but and, and you look you got a price that you felt pretty comfortable with you don't think beckham's a wide receiver three or or, or you know you think his his upside is wide rec- is a wide receiver three at this point and you just got a starting nfl quarterback for that so like why not i mean you know that's that's i think the price is fine um based on the way that you feel about those two players i don't have any issue with that at all i really don't and <sighs> The upside with Hertz is tremendous. If he hit with the weaponry that they have, you know, that with some of the weapons that they're built, you know, that the the young core, right? The Jalen Ragers, the Miles Sanders, if they use him. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a Penn State guy. I have to like get fired up about that. Of course. Um, (laughs) But, you know, I mean, if they, you know, and, and they're going to commit to rebuilding that offensive line, they have to. They have to. So as they rebuild that offensive line, they have these younger weapons that, you know, it, at the at the skill positions, you know, they start building this team around Jalen Hurts and his strengths, kind of like the Ravens did with with Lamar Jackson. You know, it, I don't think it'll be that severe. Um, but yeah, I mean, if they commit to this, I mean, I you know, the upside is there. It's definitely there now. John, you asked, what does he have to do? What does he have to show in the next several weeks here? From what he has to do and what he has to show is he has to show the ability to not screw it up. Exactly. I agree totally with what Brian said. To not lose games. If he... If he game manages over the next five weeks or... What week are we? We're in week 14. So over the next four weeks. (laughs) I was never going to (laughs) math. Which is why I don't like analytics. It is a tough one. <laughs> I love analytics. I love analytics people telling me what analytics stuff means. Uh-uh. And, no. uh, 
but but yeah, I mean, I think he needs to show. Look, I can, you tell me to go out there and protect the ball, make the easy throws, put it where it needs to be on those easy throws, and 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 manage the game. That's mm-hmm. what you're going to ask of him over the next four games. If he does that and he doesn't beat the team, yeah. Because, because that's the thing, right? I mean, Carson Wentz, the whole reason he got benched is because his play. And and look, it's not all Carson Wentz here either. That offensive line is a mess, you know. And 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 I, you know, and and some of the decision making, but a decent amount is Carson Wentz. But, I, I watch every game; he holds the ball sure. way too long. Sure, <laughs> I didn't, I just didn't get to it yet. <laughs> Part of the reason that they benched him is he's. He is hurting the team. I mean, he is making bad decisions. He's making poor throws. And therefore, the team is impacted by that. If they tell Jalen Hurts, hey, listen, just don't go out there and don't beat us. Like, let us give us a chance. Like, we have a half decent defense. You know, give these guys, uh, your offensive playmakers, a chance to make plays and just don't turn it over. You know, make a throw, you know, make a half a dozen throws throughout the game that let us score some points and be done with it. Right. I mean, I think that's what they're asking of him. And if he does that, he's going to get a chance to go into the off season as the presumed starter in Philly for next season. And, and again, that prospect excites me. I'm excited about it. Yeah. And I totally agree with Brian. They, the biggest thing with Carson Wentz is just the, been the mistakes. He, he leads the league in interceptions. I believe he leads the league in fumbles. Uh, I think he also leads the league in sacks uh, taken. So, um, and like I said, I do believe a lot of that watching the games is his fault. Like he said, not all, but the line is bad. Uh, this is easily the worst line they've they've had uh, since Wentz has been there. I think. But uh, if 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 Hertz can just like he said, just not not turn it over constantly and not take, I believe it's up to like 50 sacks now in, in 13 games or something. It's almost for a game um, and just not take those sacks. If you can throw the ball away, if he, he's, he's fit, you know, he's got more mobility than Wentz. If you can get out of the pocket and get him a couple yards, just anything to, to uh, Wentz he hasn't even been like, actually, I mean, he hasn't been great throwing the ball when he's not throwing interceptions, but he, but he hasn't been awful. It's just been, it's been the, the turnovers and, and the sacks. It mm-hmm. was really killing him. So, uh, I mean, it's not like he's, he's throwing for like 50% every game, but, but he just, like Brian said, has to, has to manage the game better than Carson has. Yeah. And it, it feels like that's the big, that's the appeal, right? Is the escapability and the ability to extend plays. That, which I mean, it's it's so strange because we know that Carson Wentz has that mobility, but you know, it, it, I'm I'm actually starting to wonder if, if some of that maybe has been sapped by the injuries because it, it's yeah. hard to comprehend what's going on this year. And I think part of it is he thinks he can do more than he actually can, and he doesn't maybe have the mobility he had in 2017 when he was having that that MVP season because it. it it's just it. Whatever he's doing is not working now, and he's not getting away from guys as much as he used to. There, yeah, there must be something to that actually. Because, but yeah, I mean, like that's that that feels like the big appeal with with Jalen Hurts, and you know, just to not to not to turn this into a Broncos discussion, but uh, the I I I know the Denver Broncos um, living here in in the Mile High City. Uh, the you know 
in in 2019 we saw a ton of Joe Flacco and like it, I mean this offensive line just looked absolutely terrible blocking for Joe Flacco. Nothing changed with the offensive line. <laughs> Nothing changed except for the quarterback. You get Drew Locke in there and again, you know, there's escapability there, there's mobility, there's the ability to to take off and run and gain positive yards, but more than anything he just extends plays, and all of a sudden, Garrett Bowles just just gets a, a huge contract extension. This is, you know, all of a sudden, this is a great offensive line, and the only thing that's different is the quarterback. <laughs> so, I mean, you can you can cover up a lot of blemishes across your entire offense when you've got a quarterback who can move. And, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't love trusting that for, for fantasy football, for dynasty purposes. Uh, but, you know, in the short term there, uh, you know, these teams are more than willing to let these teams, these players, these quarterbacks run around and, you know, again, just hide those blemishes, hide the fact that this offensive line isn't as, as, good as it could be, you know? <laughs> so like that's, that's kind of what Jalen hurts gives you. And, and that's what, I mean, like I, I, I tweeted that he's going to be a, a pretty big startup target for me. Um, and that's just based on my theory that again, you know, this is, this is going to be his job going forward. Um, but I am, I am curious about that rock. Like how, uh, you know, what's your level of confidence with the idea that Jalen Hurts is right now here and, you know, going into week 14 of 2020, what's your level of confidence that he's the starting quarterback in 2021? I am not a hundred percent convinced of that yet. Uh, I think a lot's going to depend on, on how these last four games go. I think he's likely definitely the quarterback for the rest of the season, unless he's just somehow even worse than Carson Wentz, which is hard to imagine at this point. But uh, I do believe Carson Wentz is going to be starting somewhere next year. If he's on the Eagles, it will be with the Eagles. I wouldn't be shocked if they traded him. Um, there's definitely been talk around here about that, you know, about what, what they could possibly get for Carson Wentz. So uh, it, it would be a major cap hit um, if they did trade him. But uh, there's definitely talk that they could go just go that way if Hurts does show well these last four games. Uh, I do think if they, he does not get traded, he will likely be the starting quarterback for the Eagles next year. Unless, like I said, unless Hertz just really looks good in these last four games, which he may or may not. I mean, the Saints are a tough defense. Washington's a tough defense is one of the last four games. So I, I'm not positive we're going to see Hertz ball out. Uh, but if he does, I think he, it's almost impossible not to start him going into 2021. And I think it makes it more likely Wentz gets traded if that happens. But I do believe Wentz is going to be a starting quarterback in 2021, whether it's here or with the Colts, maybe with Frank Reich or somewhere else. That's one I want to get to as well. But yeah, just, just to put a bow on the Eagles real quick. So it's, it, it it's in 2021, it's Hertz or it's Wentz. It's not Mr. Outside hire. No, I definitely don't think so. No, yeah, okay. it's definitely going to be Hurts if it's not Wentz. It's going to be one of the. They have so much money invested in Wentz. If he's there, I think he starts next year, and uh, I think that especially since they 
that they took a lot of heat for that that hurts pick around here. I, I don't think they're going to go try and find somebody else. It's it's going to be Wentz or Hurts. Nice. All right, let's let's talk about Wentz for a minute, um, and then I want to change gears altogether. But um, w- to you guys, so here's the thing: he's 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 tradable, he's movable. It's not it's not real easy, uh, but it's it's doable. Um, shout out to, uh, to Jason Waltner. Um, I, I don't know if he's still on the capology one-on-one podcast or not, but, uh, he's, he's always been kind of a go-to for me when it comes to, uh, to cap type of stuff. But, um, he, he mentioned in a tweet that, uh, it looks like, uh, Wentz being traded prior to June 1st probably not going to happen um the dead cap is still you know 33 million dollars save under a million bucks <laughs> like, yeah <laughs> um but if you wait until after june 1st then the dead the dead cap drops all the way to 9.3 million um and a savings of 25.3 million um he he would still have a 24 and a half million dollar dead cap in uh in 2022, but that's that's what I was just going to say. It depends on whether they'd rather take the huge cap hit in 21 or, or spread it over two years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I that that savings of 25 million is significant. The question is, though, I mean, that's that's where it gets a little dicey, though. The fact that you have to wait until June, when you know, I think a lot of teams are gonna. They're they're hoping to have their quarterback situation set well before then. So, you know, whether it's in free agency in, in February and March or whether it's, you know, in the draft in late April, I don't think very many teams make it to June without a starting quarterback. So, yeah, it's it's a roll of the dice for sure, but uh, it's it's possible. So I I. You know, it sounds like Indianapolis is kind of the obvious answer, but um, what are some other landing spots where the what what are some spots that Carson Wentz could land in that would excite you to a point where you would target him in startup drafts? Well, so so let me let me cross off one of those places that continues to pop up in a lot of these conversations. He's not going to Pittsburgh. I don't know why every single time there <laughs> becomes available that that we think they're going to Pittsburgh. Ben Roethlisberger, unless his elbow falls off, is the quarterback of the Pittsburgh Steelers as long as he wants to be. That's just the way that that organization run, runs. And 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 by the way, they have no money at all. They can't sign Juju. They can't sign James Conner. They can't sign Bud Dupree back. They're not signing anybody. They're not bringing in Carson Wentz at 20-some million bucks a year at no. quarterback when Ben Roethlisberger is going to be there anyways. It's just not going to happen. So let me cross that one right off the list, okay? Okay. From there, where does he go? The easy answer is definitely Indianapolis. That's that's a piece of cake answer. Um, and 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 I think probably the most likely, um, I would love to see him in San Francisco. Um, I don't know how plausible that is, um, but I think he's better than Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't know. There's probably some Eagles fans out there that don't right now. <laughs> 
Um, but I think, you know, putting Carson Wentz behind a good offensive line with a Kyle Shanahan um, and, and some of the weapons, they have a good running game, right? I mean, Raheem Mostert and Jeffrey Wilson and Jarek McKinnon, how many running backs they have? Like 17. Tevin Coleman, I mean, they got running backs out the wazoo there, but their running game's decent. They've got young wide receivers. They've got George Kittle. And what does Carson Wentz love? He loves tight ends. That's hilarious. Um, <laughs> That'd be a fun one. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you know, so I so for me, I mean, I think I think that would be a fun landing spot. Again, I have zero idea if that's realistic in terms of money, um, and in terms of what they would have to give to Philadelphia in return. Um, but that that's the one I think that sticks out to me outside of Indy. Indy's Indy to me is like flashing red lights to you know i mean there that's where if he gets moved i so i think the most likely scenario is that he's a philadelphia eagle i really do but if they move him i think indy's one maybe san fran is as another um outside of that i have no flipping idea <laughs> I, I was just trying to you know I, I was trying to look over the teams who might one that I, th- I don't know, again, like Brian said, I don't know how, how realistic this is from a cap perspective, but one I think might be pretty interesting um, is if Breeze retires, um, going to New Orleans. Uh, he's got a lot of good weapons there. He's got a great offensive mind in Sean Payton. Maybe he can he can fix what's broken in Carson Wentz, a much better offensive line than the Eagles. Uh, that would be a pretty interesting one to me and would make me very excited for Wentz. He's, you know, he's got Thomas, he's got Kamara. There is the whole Taysom Hill thing. Uh, I still have a hard time believing Sean Payton, although if, I guess if anybody would, it would be Sean Payton, but I have a hard time believing anybody's going to go into their to their season with Taysom Hill as their quarterback for 16 games. <laughs> um, so, so that's one that would be pretty interesting to me um, and would definitely get me excited for for the possibilities of a Carson Wentz bounce back. Man, we need to do just a full show on like some some possible landing spots and some we'll, like we'll we'll do head versus heart, I think, um, and we'll do that. Uh, you know, maybe we'll wait until free agency is a little bit closer. But um, there's a lot of these that I that you know that I've been thinking a, a lot about. Um, Juju trying to figure out where he ends up. That's a fun one. Um, uh, a lot of these quarterbacks for sure. So there's, there's some interesting stuff and uh, we'll have to come back to it in a future episode, but um, it, for this one though, um, and we spent, we spent more time on the Eagles quarterbacks than, uh, than I expected, but I mean, there's a lot to say about it. <laughs> it's, <Yeah. laughs> it's, an inter- it's an interesting situation with ramifications for our dynasty teams, um, you know, in, in super flex, and uh, like I said, I I, t- I tweeted that both of those guys, Hertz and Wentz, are both going to be startup targets for me, um, just because I I kind of think that they're both going to be NFL starters next year. Agreed. Uh, and and man, that's you know right now that that gives you in that league where you just traded for Hertz, 
I mean, you basically just gave yourself that third quarterback that you don't want. <laughs> that's now, I, I, that's that's not correct, John. I do like to have three quarterbacks. Okay. I, this league, I happen to have two. Is the the way it worked out. Uh, sometimes when I think I have high end guys, which I thought I had with once before this year, I'm a little more okay with two. But yeah, that's part of what I was thinking when I made that trade, though, um, is, is that I would have two you know two starting quarterbacks plus Mahomes and that made it even easier to 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 move OBJ in that trade. Yeah. Let's let's talk a little bit about it. oh yeah. So all right, so I want I want <laughs> I want to totally switch gears here. I want to talk about uh 2021 startup drafts for Superflex. So the deal is so right now we're we're doing Superflex startup ADP mock drafts for dynastyleaguefootball.com uh these these mock drafts uh compile the the average draft position for superflex um that you can find at dynastyleaguefootball.com and uh kind of kind of the wrinkle that I threw in is that we're also doing some uh some mock drafts that include uh rookie picks 2021 rookie picks uh which to me you know if you're going to do a startup in you know february um i mean some people even start in january but you know february um wait until after the super bowl um you know any time from the super bowl up until you know uh the the nfl draft to me you should have those rookie picks included in the startup it just gives you, you know, more more options, more value in the startup draft. So, we want to do some mocks that look like that. And uh, this first one got you involved, Rocky, yep. um, so that we could we could get a look at what your draft strategy looks like, and um, compare it to my <laughs> to my <laughs> to my strategy, and uh, let we'll let Brian kind of. Uh, um, kind of grade these these two rosters, and then I want to just kind of talk about this draft in general. We, but we already gonna, know Brian's gonna love my roster. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you didn't even know he was gonna be on. You made that first pick, and it was all over right there. So uh, you know, maybe let's actually start with this. And this is your one opportunity on the Superflex Super Show to lay out your. Superflex startup strategy without any kind of opposition. I, I'm not going to push back on it. I'm just going to let you go. Let's hear it. It's it's basically just to wait. And by wait, I don't mean you know you wait until the sixth round. There's no set time to do it. Uh, I'm basically just I don't care about other than and I've mentioned this before. Other than Mahomes, who to me is the exception to the rule. Uh, if I'm at 101, I'll take Mahomes. But after that, I, I am waiting on quarterback until we start getting to the probably the early QB2 range, may, maybe late QB1 uh, range. Uh, so that's basically what it is. And it, you basically have to see how your draft goes. Uh, like I said, there's no set round. If, if there's 12 quarterbacks taken in the first two rounds, then I'm taking one in the third most likely because, like I said, I'm, I'm trying to – at least have a high end QB two as my as my first one, and and if everybody's waiting like me, I, I will 
uh, I, I will draft a guy that's in that top 12 or, or even, you know, top eight, something like depending on how much pe- other people are waiting. So a lot depends on the draft. But usually um, the way I see it is kind of the way the mock we did went. Um, maybe, this was actually maybe even a little more extreme than what I usually see. But uh, uh, that definitely guys are going for plenty of them in the first. And I'm generally not willing to go there beyond Mahomes. And like I said, I'm looking to get three. Um almost all the time, but I'm willing to usually get three in that 12 to 20 range. And then I'll just mix and match those three, depending on the matchups and I'll build up the other positions um, and get the scoring from there that I, that I may or may not be losing a quarterback. I mean, you know, we've seen this year, um, Lamar, Carson Wentz, <laughs> who we've talked about a lot. This episode are guys that you would have been drafting early uh, in a super flex draft and say, you know, August, so, um, so yeah, that's basically it. It's just wait, but, but, but like I said, don't leave yourself with just, especially if you're waiting, don't leave yourself with just two. Like I said, if somehow the draft goes in such a way that I end up with a, a like I have the one-on-one and I end up with the Mahomes and, and say another top 10 guy, uh, I, I'm sometimes willing to, to just roll with those two since I know I'm starting them every week, uh, barring injury. And uh, I only need another quarterback for two other weeks anyway. But usually I'm going three. I'm waiting until that 12 to 20 range. And the round just depends on how the draft goes. So in obviously, you know, of course, my strategy is is quarterback extreme quarterback, early quarterback often. And, you know, kind of what we're seeing in these mock drafts so far at this point. And, And I think that what's happening is. Um, quarterback feels more volatile than ever. We went into the season feeling like there was kind of a, you know, we had reached and gone beyond the saturation point at quarterback. Everybody was, every NFL team was set at quarterback and there wasn't really room for, you know, for, for quarterback turnover anywhere. And now, (laughs) you know, towards the end of the season, it's 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 really kind of flipped. It's to a point where half of the NFL looks like it's set at quarterback and the other half is there's probably going to be quite a bit of movement. So, you know, I, I what I think is going to happen, because in these mock drafts, we're seeing a lot of quarterbacks going early, uh, as many as nine or 10 quarterbacks going in the first round of these startup mocks. Um, this one in particular, we only had seven, but that's compared to you know, the way startups have looked in the past, seven's a lot. <laughs> and then another four in the second round. So, and and you say only seven, but it was seven of the first nine, which to me is like, yeah. blows my mind. Yeah. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> <it> was, yeah. <laughs> and, and that's kind of been the norm across all of these mock drafts so far. So, you know, what I, 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 I kind of think that, you know, if, 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 if my strategy and your strategy are opposite extremes, I don't think there's going to be room for anything in the middle. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, I, I, it's one or the other, I think. And that's just, you know, that's the way you're going to have to plan on these startups going. You're either, you know, you're either going to get your safe quarterbacks early on, or you're going to wait and you're going to be pulling from guys who they're going to be starters, but you know they're they're not going to be particularly safe in the long term. Tom Brady is be is a great example, a guy that you ended up with. So, 
you know, it's 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 kind of one or the other, I think. And and to your point about the volatility, it's funny, like the way different people will look at it. You, I, I'm pretty sure you look at it as that means you want to get two, three, maybe even four of those safe top 12, 15 guys. Whereas mm-hmm. the way I look at it, uh, that's 16 opportunities for me to, especially outside of a startup, that's 16 opportunities for me to get a, a cheap quarterback that I can fill in and not have to pay too much for it. It's, it's <laughs> kind of the way I look at it. So yeah. <laughs> And then I'll worry about the next one in 2022. (laughs) Yeah. And I think for me, the thing too, that, that, you know, maybe does it feel more volatile this year because of some of the injuries that we've dealt with at the quarterback position too? Like, does it, I mean, somewhat you lose Dak Prescott, you lose Joe Burrow, you, you know, I mean, there's, there's been some real high profile top end guys or, or top, you know, eight dynasty quarterbacks that have have been injured severely where it's left the position feeling like really thin. And, you know, I mean, are you, is, is that kind of the feeling or are you talking about turnover specifically? Yeah, I think turnover in general. And, and I think that there's some anticipatory uh, movement here too. Just, you know, like you, some of these guys who have struggled and, you know, all of a sudden Daniel Jones is starting to feel safe again, you know? Um, but you know, for, for a lot of this season, Daniel Jones looked like his job was going to be in jeopardy. Drew Locke, it feels like his job is going to be in jeopardy. Jimmy Garoppolo's job is absolutely in jeopardy. If not a foregone conclusion that he's going to be out. Um, Carson Wentz already got replaced. Gardner Minshew got replaced. Um, and then, you know, now we're looking, we are looking at guys like Drew Brees, Philip Rivers, Ben Roethlisberger. When do these guys retire? You know, it feel like it feels like we're, we're right up against that line for those three guys in particular, Tom Brady. I think you get a, a another year pretty safely. And in a lot of cases where in the past it, it felt like, you know, Tom Brady, you're going to get him for one more year. That's, you know, that that's not good enough in, in dynasty Superflex. That's not a safe enough uh, proposition. Now we're feeling like, I mean, the fact that we know we're getting Tom Brady next year is more than we can say than, you know, half of the quarterbacks in this league right now. So, you know, it, I, like, I, I, I think that it is, I think it's more turnover than, uh, than injury. I think that, I mean, people are still taking Dak Prescott in the first round. They haven't forgot about him. Um, you know, Joe Burrow is still going in the first round. Um, even though that was a horrific injury, people still seem to feel like he's, he's as safe long-term as you can get, you know, in the, in the league right now. So it, it, it feels like the guys that they're really worried about, are the ones who are likely to be on the move, you know, um, whether it's retirement or uh, just just straight up getting replaced. We know that, that Sam Darnold is probably getting replaced by Trevor Lawrence, and people are kind of staying away from Sam Darnold right now. So, you know, the fact that there's so much, so many question marks lower in the uh, in the quarterback at the quarterback position. 
makes it feel like you've got to jump on it fast and get these guys who are going to have a job next year. So like, I'm, I'm guessing anyways, that that's, that's kind of what's going on, but I am curious, Brian. I mean, I know you haven't had a, a ton of time to look this over, but I wonder if you have, if you do have any takeaways so far. Um, yeah, from this I, I absolutely do. Mm-hmm. I have, I have a couple. Um, first and foremost, how the hell did George Kittle drop to the fifth round? This is <laughs> insane. Insane. I don't know what you people were doing. Um, that is insane. No, that, <laughs> so even he, in non-premium, that's insane. He yeah. went. He went one spot ahead of pick one hundred five. Pick one point oh five. Now, there's no tight end premium in this league. Yeah, I don't. When, care. when it comes to George Kittle, I don't. I, yeah, I don't care either. Yeah, when it comes. Um, Chelsea and Kittle, I, I don't care. I mean that those those guys are. I mean, you, I'm trying to look at like you're taking Antonio Gibson over George Kittle. Screw you. That's ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> what are you going to get? Seriously, what are you going to get at 105 or at 104 even? That's better than George Kittle. Yeah, and that I, was. I mean, that was a full round. Yeah, I just don't. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, I mean, even James Robinson and like God bless James Robinson, like. He's he's winning people fantasy championships this year, and he's played unbelievably well. But like, I'm not taking him over George Kittle. Sorry, like that's not no, no George freaking Kittle. Like, guys hurt right now, but for crying out loud, yeah, I don't know. That that's one thing that stands out. The other, I mean, the the quarterbacks. I mean, I I love, I love some of the places at the quarterback. Justin Herbert at the 102 gives me a chubby. <laughs> You like that, even though that means that in order to get him, you're going to have to trade up in your startup. Um. Uh. So, I mean, if if I'm being true to myself, I mean, my dynasty quarterback rankings that I put out on Twitter, I had I had Herbert two. I mean, I had Mahomes one, Herbert two, okay. Murray three, Watson four, Wilson five, Prescott six, and Josh Allen's seven and that's the tier break i mean mahomes is in a tier of his own but that two through seven those guys that's that's a that's a tier for me um i wouldn't trade i wouldn't add anything to any of those guys to get to any other one of those guys um so you know when you're when you're talking about trading up to get him i mean i'd rather trade up to the 107 and land whichever one of those guys is is left right (laughs) yeah sit in the 103 through the 107 and take you know whichever one's left um but i yeah i mean i i have no issue with herbert going to i really don't yeah so i'm gonna and and john i'm just curious i wanted to ask you guys about this because uh i I threw this out in a group chat and i'm curious your take on it is the the trevor lawrence line because uh, 101 is in the draft. He, it went QB9. In the group chat, I threw it out in. One guy had him at at at, at lowest 103. He said Mahomes and Watson and then Lawrence. And another guy oh. had him. Yeah, <laughs> another guy had him at QB5. He went QB9 in this draft. I'm just curious. It's, uh, even a guy like Lawrence, uh, I'm – in, in a rookie draft, I'm fine taking. Obviously, at 101, he's going 101. I would take him at 101. But in a startup, taking a, I get the long term thing and all that. But 
there's a lot of guys I would prefer to have over him because I'm I, like a lot of people. I'm playing in two to three year windows, and guys I know are going to be good for the next two to three years. I'm fine with taking over a rookie who I don't know what he's going to be. So I was just curious where you guys were at with that. Yeah, I mean, I think for me, he's he's at the he's at the top of my third tier. So like, Holmes is in the tier of his own. Then Herbert, Murray, Watson, Wilson, Prescott, and Allen. And then he he would probably slot in there around the QB eight, just because he hasn't done it yet. If I mean, if he's ripping the league apart by mid season next year, then he's obviously going to be in that next year with those guys. Where you know I'd be happy to have any of them. Um, but so I, right. I just can't elevate him to that without seeing him do it in the National Football League. I've never elevated a player like that outside of Saquon Barkley in, in, in positional rankings. But yeah, he's that kind of yeah. prospect at the quarterback position though. He absolutely yeah. is. And if he went to Penn state, I'd probably, <laughs> he'd be the one-on-one. <laughs> I mean, he, he is, he, he, you're, you're absolutely right. Rock. He is that type of prospect. I mean, he is a, he, you know, I've, I've heard several people, very smart people on Twitter you know that that are really tapped into this stuff that say that he's the best quarterback prospect there's they've ever seen, and that includes guys like Andrew Luck and Russell Wilson. Wilson wasn't even on people's radars, I don't think, as as much as you know. But Andrew Luck and and guys like that, you know, they're saying that Trevor Lawrence is 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 a better prospect on paper than than even Andrew Luck. So to me, that's saying something. So. But- Plus, he's got that hair. I don't know what kind of music that means he listens to, but he's got a nice set of hair. He's <laughs> yeah, he a four pick bump. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it also so it also depends on like what you do with your hair. Like that, that's part of it too. Like does does I mean, if he just keeps it free flowing like that, that that makes it tough. I mean, there, there's still some country music possibilities there. There's also some headbanger type stuff, but. Like if he puts it up in a bun, everything changes. <laughs> he's already reached out. I mean, he's he's going to take over probably for Troy Polamalu at some point, and it'll be Mahomes and 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 Lawrence in those commercials. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then obviously, like I have thoughts on if he wears it in a ponytail, but I've never seen that. So. <laughs> um. So. It it sounds like you guys are both taking him right now over over Joe Burrow, for instance. Yeah, um, I, I would. Yeah, I and, would not if Joe Burrow had not been injured. Yeah. Although, as we said, I'm probably not taking a quarterback early enough to get either of them. But if I was, <laughs> I would take him over Joe Burrow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I mean, so here's the other thing. And and I mean, you could really argue it either way. But, you know, the like for for context and in all fairness, like right now we're talking about rookie pick 101, not necessarily Trevor Lawrence. Obviously, you know, assuming Trevor Lawrence declares and assuming he, you know, goes early in the NFL draft, Assuming he stays healthy and makes it to the NFL draft, knock on wood. I, I hate saying stuff like that. I mean, we've got to be pragmatic about this stuff, but man, it feels it feels downright evil to say things like, you know, something could happen because something mm-hmm. realistically. 
Um, you know, but assuming all that happens, he's the slam dunk one on one in Superflex. And he's probably going to go pretty early, even in one quarterback rookie drafts. But we're not there yet. <laughs> you know, we don't know any of that for sure. We don't, he's still a junior. We don't know for sure that he's going to declare. So on one hand, you know, 101 is 101 is is nice. 101 is safe because whoever it is that gets there, whether it's Trevor Lawrence, maybe Justin Fields, maybe one of these running backs, you know, even if even if Trevor Lawrence for whatever reason decides to go back to Clemson for a senior year and you end up with you know, a, a Clyde Edwards-Alaire type of landing spot, type of draft position for one of these running backs. Somebody's going to end up in that one-on-one area. And, you know, there's so there's safety in it. But we don't know for sure that it's going to be Trevor Lawrence. So I guess my question to you is, how much of that risk, you know, do you are, are you willing to to take on with that pick? Um, like, I mean, here's the, here's the bottom line guys. It went at two Oh four in this mock draft. It went ahead of Michael Thomas. It went ahead of Josh Allen. It went ahead of Nick Chubb went ahead of Justin Jefferson. You know, is, or is that a, is, is that the type of risk that you're willing to take for the possibility for even though it's a likely possibility, the possibility of getting Trevor Lawrence. I, I'm not. I, I I'm definitely more of a show me show me something. I always prefer the the, the proven guys over over the rookie picks. Uh, we had talked about this a little bit in DM, John. That that I think they're uh, they're overvalued. They're I, I just everyone always seems to take them before I'm willing to take them because I I I, I I'm always I'm always in a startup, especially you know playing win now. Um, so I want the guys that, that I know what they can do. I mean, even if it is Trevor Lawrence, we, we don't know for sure that, that he's, you know, the next Andrew Luck or the next Pat Mahomes or the next Justin Herbert. He's, he, there's no guarantee of anything. So I'd rather, you know, I'd rather have my, to to appease Brian Saquon Barkley or 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 if we're going quarterbacks you know uh you know uh, Russell Wilson or Deshaun Watt, guys I know what they're capable of and what they what they've shown at this level I mean for all we know Trevor Lawrence could come in and be Sam Darnold I mean I don't think that's going to happen and and, we, and a lot of us still like Sam Darnold but he's not giving you much for three years so um yeah so that's where I'm at I'm always going to prefer proven guys over over the rookie picks there's a point i will take them at but it's almost always after the point 80 percent of the league will take them at yeah and i think for me it's it's positional so like like a lot of those guys that you just named john are i mean all of the guys that you just named are not quarterbacks so it's it's you know I I'm not I'm not like when I'm trying to figure out where I'm going to slot him in a startup I'm slotting him in to where does he land in relation to other quarterbacks where would I feel more confident in him over another quarterback that's on the board because here's the thing if you're 
I mean, so hang on, let me let me look at this. So the quarterback, so Burrow went uh, at two o two, and then the one o one went at two o four. Josh Allen went at two o seven. Um, Tua went at two twelve, and then Aaron Rodgers at three o six. So like, you know, I I I would not have taken him over Josh Allen currently. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And, and, and that's the way I would look at it now where, so, so like, where would I, where would I take Josh Allen though? Like would I take Josh Allen before Michael Thomas. Yes, I would have mm-hmm. uh, what I have taken Josh Allen over Josh Jacobs and AJ Brown and, you know, Justin Jefferson. Yes, I would have. So like if, you know, if, for me, when I'm trying to evaluate where to slot him in there, I'm putting him, okay, where do I like to get my quarterbacks? Where is he in comparison to the other quarterbacks? And, you know, when do I, when would I take this other guy that is like one slot ahead of him? Right. So, um, does that make sense? Or am I, am I sounding like I'm talking no, I, yeah, it makes sense to me, and and good. And to me, this is this is kind of the exercise. This is kind of what we wanted to do. Is you know, just kind of reorganize this a little bit in a way that you know strategically makes more sense. And and I, you know, to me, that's that's what you're doing. So keep it up, <laughs> keep yeah. going. With it. So and like and and so the other. I mean, it's easy to 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 look at to look at these rookie potential rookie quarterbacks if they declare yeah against the the rookie class of this year right so like for me i don't know if i want to say this out loud <laughs> do, Just it. do it do <laughs> it i would take the 101 or the 102 assuming that those quarterbacks are coming out both of them over to a tongue Bailoa. okay Okay, and here's the thing about that. Like, just just a little. I mean, so for me with Tua, like, I think Tua is going to be a star. From a, I think Tua is going to be a guy that wins a ton of National Football League games. From a fantasy perspective, I'm not sure he's going to be what we want him to be. Yeah. I'm with you, Brian. By the way, I uh, I uh, this is, we actually talked about this a little on Junkies last week too. Is are uh, I mean. For right now, do we even know for sure Tua is good? Like, I know we all think he is, and just like the way we all think Trevor Lawrence is going to be good and all that, but uh, I just, uh, you know, he hasn't shown us anything yet. I'm big on, on showing me. So maybe that's a fault of mine. Maybe I need to get more ahead of the curve and not wait for someone to show me something, but I I need to see a little something before, before I elevate them. Um, and, and it's kind of ironic to say when we're talking about Trevor Lawrence and, and, and Justin Fields, who haven't shown anything at the NFL level as well. Um, but there's no reason. I, I think Lawrence is a better prospect than Tua was coming out. So there's no reason to elevate Tua over Lawrence. And Fields is right there with Tua if, as a prospect, if not higher as well. So why would I elevate, like, you, like you're saying, why would I elevate Tua over either of those two prospects when he hasn't done anything to show me that he's any better at the NFL level than we can expect them to be. So rock, uh, let, let me, let me get a little, uh, to, you know, just kind of a sidebar here, but let me get, 
um, just a little bit of added context from you. So, because, so we know that, you know, quarterback, not a priority for you in the startup draft. Um, you still end up with, with quarterbacks, but you know, you're again, you're not going super early. You're kind right. of waiting, waiting for the, uh, you know, it sounds like a, a, a like the third or fourth tier, um, depending Generally, on, yeah. depending on how you, you know, organize your, your tiers, but so it sounds like that's kind of uh, your, you know, your your overall strategy in the startup. Um, to me, that kind of, you know, that that maybe makes them a little bit higher higher priority in a rookie draft. Um, if if you know if you if you fade them in the startup, it feels like, you know, the rookie draft is kind of where you're trying to get quarterbacks. I'm I'm wondering if that's if that is the case for you. Yeah, I'm glad you asked that because that that is definitely kind of part of my whole philosophy is is my is basically I don't want to pay a lot for quarterbacks, which I feel like taking them over certain guys in a startup is paying a lot. Taking them over other rookies to me is not necessarily because yeah. of what I've been saying this, you know, this whole discussion here is that we we don't know what the rookies are going to give. Uh, I mean, we all love these guys coming out. You know, everyone, uh, when Clyde, Clyde Edwards-Alaire went to, to Kansas City, elevated him to the 101 uh, or thereabouts, depending on Superflex or non-Superflex. And I, I, I am fine. To me, you know, I'm spending one first-rounder on a quarterback. I am fine spending one first-rounder on a quarterback. Even if that first-rounder is 101 or 102 or 103, that that's fine by me. To me, that's not paying an exorbitant price to get me a quarterback. So that that's definitely part of the way I look at it is that, yes, I will get quarterbacks in the rookie draft. And uh, I guess sort of to, to your point when you're, when you're talking about Superflex, um, because they hold value, um, I think, longer than, than most other positions, um, it, it makes a lot of sense to take them in rookie drafts as well um, because, I, you know, I can always – you know, trade that, that guy later, even if he's not performing well, a lot of these rookies, uh, you know, like I could maybe, maybe not now, but for a, for a long time, like a guy like I mentioned earlier, Sam Darnold, you could get at least one first round piece. So you could, you could make up for the first round pick you spent on him. Um, if you wanted to trade him later, even when he wasn't performing that great. So, uh, definitely, I, I'm definitely fine taking them in the rookie draft at, pretty much any point in, in, in the first round. And, and the other thing I love about it too, and, and we've kind of talked about this before is that uh, there's almost always guys, especially in recent years um, that you can get later in the first round. Uh, Herbert was going mid to late in a lot, not late, but maybe mid to eight, nine, 10 in a lot of drafts this year. And look what we gotten out of him. Lamar was going at the end of the first, I've seen him going early seconds in the draft. He came out in Josh Allen, the same thing. Uh, so, so I, I'm definitely all for taking them in the rookie drafts. Um, I, I'm basically generally trying to go, uh, quarterback or running back in most of my rookie picks. Um, um, because wide receiver is kind of so deep in general and, 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 and the last few years it's been deep in the draft. So, uh, but uh, yeah, you, you're spot on with that. I'm that that's definitely part of my philosophy. Plus if you're going, you know, running back and, and wide receiver, heavy you know early in your startup draft i mean it, it it takes a pretty special player in the rookie draft to even crack your lineup so you right know, it, so it so it it makes sense but 
so I guess from there, the question becomes, I mean, you know, or, or when you look at these, you see a rookie pick in your startup draft, are you just kind of um, automatically assigning the quarterback position to that pick or, or, um, you know, like at what point do you start to, to look at it as, you know, that, that could be a, you know, a contributing running back or wide receiver on my roster. I mean, like if you're, if you are going to target a rookie pick, are you just automatically assigning the quarterback position to it? Or is, is there a point where, um, it's not necessarily a quarterback and therefore it's worth my consideration. Um, no, no, I'm not necessarily considering it a quarterback. Um, but, uh, it, it almost depends on the class too. Like in this year, um, there's a lot of talk. We have five, six first round NFL first round quarterbacks. So mm-hmm. I, I probably would look at most of these picks as a potential quarterback for me. Um, you know, even even the mid to late ones could be could be one of those guys, uh, uh, you know, Trey Lance or Kyle Trask or something like that. So uh, it, it sort of depends on the class. I mean, we've 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 had some pretty decent classes of quarterbacks recently. Uh, like last year, uh, it was mostly those those big three guys. Um, so after after the mid to, to after the mid area in, in the first round of, of rookie picks, I probably would be looking at that as a running back or a wide receiver. Um, Cause it was a heavy running back class and, and a really good wide receiver class. So uh, I knew basically last year in 2019 startups, any rookie picks beyond one Oh five or so almost certainly was a running back or wide receiver. So it, it somewhat depends on the class. And, and like you said, I, I kind of try and keep up on the, on the college guys somewhat, especially by the time um, uh, I'm doing start, I'm usually not doing startups in February. It's usually closer to the draft or after the draft anyway. So uh, I, de- but if I do it before the draft, uh, I generally already have an idea by February or March, kind of at least the first round prospects and, and, and what we're looking at in terms of quarterback, wide receiver, running back, uh, tight end. So that kind of helps. I kind of almost, we'll put a, not a specific name, but, but a few names to to each kind of, you know, general tier, the top three picks, the top five picks, six picks, things, things like that. Nice. Yeah. So, um, it, it, it does feel like one 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 oh two. you almost have to, you, you almost do have to consider those quarterbacks, even, you know, even if that's, you know, your general strategy isn't to, necessarily target quarterbacks with or you know any position with that with that pick it just feels like that's kind of where this this rookie class is headed you know so yeah and i uh, think in most super flex drafts that 101 to 103 range you're assuming at least two of those are quarterbacks yeah yeah especially if they're elite prospects right i mean for me (laughs) i think when i'm looking at rookie drafts i'm looking at 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 tiers of like, like in the sense of who has the potential to be elite, right? So like, yes, Rocky mentioned that like in a bunch of these drafts, we've had the Josh Allens, the Justin Herberts, the, you know, the Lamar Jacksons, these guys who it's like, well, if everything goes well, they could potentially be, but like, you know, no, nobody's looking at those guys coming into the draft saying, oh, this is an elite prospect who 
is going to succeed no matter what eventually because the talent is there, right? These are these are guys that like it's like, oh, well he had a good performance in the senior bowl. So, <laughs> you know, or or you know, I mean for crying out loud, people were saying about Josh Allen that he could not hit the broadside of a barn at 30 yards with yeah. a pass. So, you know, I mean we're we're so for me, like when I'm, when you, John, you were asking the question, okay, is it quarterback automatically? No, it's not quarterback automatically when there's still elite talent. So, so if you, if you're evaluating these, these guys, right, you're evaluating this, these draft classes, mm-hmm. there's X number of players in each draft class where you say that guy has the potential to be top five at the position that, that he plays. Yeah. When he comes in the National Football League, probably within within three years. Yeah, okay? I'm taking those guys first over everybody. Now, I'll I'll prioritize quarterbacks in superflex leagues. Yes. So if there's two, if there's prospects that have the potential to be top five quarterbacks based on the their talent and the college production and all of that, which which both of these guys do, right? Lawrence and and Fields both have that have that assessment. Or, or at least that's how I assess them. Um, you know that they both have that. After that, though, you, when you get into the Trey Lances, when you get into you know, now could Trey Lance be a a quarterback one for the next decade in the league? Maybe. Yeah. But is he going to be top five in three years? I think it's not probable. And in right. that case, I'm not selecting a guy. I'm not selecting him over a guy like Jamar Chase or a guy like. Um, whatever your favorite running back is in the class <laughs> and it being well, baby for me, um, you know, so, so like I'm, I'm probably taking those, those guys who I also believe could be elite at their position in the league before I'm taking a quarterback. Now, once we move beyond those elite guys, then yeah, yeah quarterback takes priority again. When we're throwing darts, I'm always going to prioritize quarterbacks in super flex leagues. Totally. Well, let me let me ask you kind of the same question that I asked Rocky. Uh, I'm just gonna I'm gonna phrase it a little bit differently. Um, his it, for him it, it was it, I you know I was able to be a little bit more specific because of his startup strategy. I think your your strategy is probably a little bit closer to mine. Um, not not necessarily extreme, but it you know you're you're like you just said you kind of default to quarterback. Um, in a startup draft. So when you look at these rookie picks in your startup draft, you see these picks available in your startup draft. Are you assigning a position to them based on, you know, your current roster construction, your current need? You know, if, if you, if you have missed on, you know, say you're at the end of the first round, kind of the way Rocky was nine quarterbacks, 10 quarterbacks went ahead of you the value is not really at the quarterback position by the time it gets you at 112. Yet Saquon Barkley and Devontae Adams just fell to you. <laughs> Two guys that I know that you're you're, you know, <laughs> those are your guys. Sure. So now, you know, that's the value is to take those guys. But now, you know, you're behind the eight ball at quarterback. And that but you still see those rookie picks. 101 is probably going to fall to you at the end of the third round, inexplicably. Are you looking at that as a potential quarterback that so you can get on the board at quarterback, or are you still going to just view that more as you know there's there's just there's value 
in that pick, in that rookie pick, regardless of whether or not I need a quarterback. You're a bastard. You know that? <laughs> yes, I am. You know me so well. Yeah. You know the way that I play this game, and you know that the word value. Buzzwords. Is yeah, is is my is my thing. I mean, I'm I'm a value player, so I'm always looking for value. And I think most, you know, most dynasty players have a little bit of that in them if 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 they're if they're decent at the game, right? Um, they they pay attention to value and where they can gain value. Here's what I'd say. <laughs> so so I want to clarify too. So you're saying so, so that running back or wide receiver value drops to me. The two guys you mentioned, Adams and Barkley. So those yeah. dropped to me at the end of the first round. Are you asking me if I'm considering? You're not asking me if I'm considering the 101 there. You're asking me if I'm taking those guys there over a quarterback because I believe that I'll be able to get the 101 and put a quarterback and and select a quarterback with that pick. Correct later. Kind of. Yeah, actually. And, and let me actually uh, reorganize this a little bit more because 101 is not going to make it to your third pick. Obviously, it's going at the, you know, early in the second round. So let's let's change this up a little bit. So you already took Saquon Barkley and Devontae Adams. Okay. It's a one two turn mm-hmm. because that's where the value was. Mm-hmm. And that's how you draft. That's mm-hmm. that's your middle name. Yep. Is <laughs> yeah, you're right. So, <laughs> I can't deny it. Meatloaf, meatloaf value wildcat. <laughs> that's that's his full government. So that that's that's the way your draft started. Yep. Now we get to the end of the, the third round. It's coming back to you. And let's say 103 is still on the board. You're you also have you know, there's some very good running backs available. There's good, some very good wide receivers available. There's been another quarterback run, and the quarterbacks have really kind of dried up. Like you're looking at guys like, like Derek Carr and uh, Matt Ryan are kind of the guys that that you're that you would consider if you're going if you were going to go running or uh, quarterback there. But wide 103 is also available. You could. Are, are you going to consider 103 as a potential quarterback to get you on the board at the quarterback position, or are you still just looking for who gives me the most value here? I'm probably still looking at the value because the one of the, the the 103 to me is too late. I mean, those yeah. two guys to me are the clear 101 and 102 in this in this rookie class, um, and and especially in I mean, obviously in superflex, not in not in one QB, but in superflex. I mean, these two guys are far and ahead, you know, far and above um, the the other positional players. So, no, I mean, I, if I if I'm looking at the 103, I'm not thinking, oh, I can get my you know, I can get my quarterback there. No, that that pick's not going to get it done, in my opinion. So the choice becomes, you know, do I like the the positional player I'd get with the 103 better than a positional player that's available, a name that's already available, um, you know, and or, you know, and where does the quarterback fall in that? Like, you know, do I take Matt Ryan there? Do I take, you know, first of all, that's 
kind the 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 quarterbacks that you um that you mentioned as my QB one makes me want to throw up in my mouth. <laughs> um, if I'm being honest. So yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I would probably begrudgingly go with the value play of the positional player at that point, And then hope like hell that one of those quarterbacks falls another round to me. Um, or, the other option that I could do is I could take the 103 with the idea of I'm going to do whatever it takes to move the 103 to move up one spot or two spots and get one of those two quarterbacks. Yeah. Okay. But I would not be assigning the value of that pick to a quarterback. I, I definitely agree with Brian there too. Uh, yeah. I don't think you, especially because of what I said earlier too, that I, I, I would not want my QB one to be uh, the third rookie quarterback taken. So, because um, uh, I don't even like I said, I I don't even like to bank on on Trevor Lawrence being you know the end all be all uh, in a startup. So I I would not be banking on the one of three. Also, to to make you feel a little better, enough throw up in your mouth, Brian. In this mock, for Aaron Rodgers actually would have still been available at three hundred one. So oh. it wouldn't have been a quite that bad. Yeah, in a normal draft, at least in this mock draft, (laughs) I I, I definitely, yeah, I definitely fluffed fluffed this up to you know, yeah, (laughs) create a little bit more drama. Um, so, but yeah, in this hypothetical though, Rock, I mean, you know, the the quarterbacks available to you, just hypothetically, at the end of the third round, you know, rather than the guys that that you got, Carson Wentz and and um, you know, Tom Brady, Kirk Cousins. But I mean, just let's to be just clear, clear, I picked Carson Wentz before he was benched. Right. <laughs> <laughs> In this mock. <laughs> yeah. It was before the game was played on Sunday. <laughs> but to be fair, we also saw the benching coming for. <laughs> True. But as we but, talked about, he's a quarterback in tw- starting in 2021, I think. So, yeah. Uh, no. Yeah. And I agree with that. So, yeah, I, I still think it's a reasonable pick. Um but but let's just you know hypothetically let's say even some of those you know four third fourth whatever maybe even fifth tier guys are off the board when it gets back to you at three twelve you know or or you know are are you looking at quarterbacks are you going to consider somebody like like Derek Carr or Matt Ryan you know while the quarterbacks are still there or are you still looking value. No, I would in that scenario, which I I don't see play out very often. But in that no. scenario, I would take the quarterback because it is a scarce position. So, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, if I if I especially because we're talking about I'm picking at the three twelve four hundred one turn. Uh, if that's what's available at three twelve four hundred one, what what the hell is going to be available at five twelve six hundred one? And like Not I said, that. yeah, and I do like like I said, a lot depends on how your draft goes. Uh, so I would definitely uh, be taking at least one quarterback there if that happened, because I don't want to end up with, especially like I said, when I'm doing it this way and and starting in that lower tier, I want three. Yeah. Um, I, the only way I'm willing to go to is, is if I'm getting two guys I consider elite or or at least very very you know safe and 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 low end QB ones. So. Uh, so yeah, even though I, I, it, 
it hurts my soul to, to, to not take the value there uh, of maybe some great running back or wide receiver. I really like at three twelve or, or uh, in the mock, I think I went Kelsey at three twelve um, yeah. Cause I'm a big elite tight end guy. Uh, I would take the quarterback if that scenario played out and people were just going nuts. Yeah. And I think that's why, I mean, I, you know, for me, I think that's why, I think that's why I take <laughs> because I just don't want to be in that situation where I end up getting trapped. Like I, I feel like I feel more confident in finding gems at other positions deeper and later in drafts than I do freaking quarterbacks. Like if you end up falling behind the eight ball on the quarterbacks and, and rock, I, I hear you. I want to acknowledge that I hear you <laughs> in, in your saying, you know, if you're going to wait, don't wait too long. Okay. Right. So, so I totally, I totally hear that. I think where, where I differ is I want, I really do want a quarterback in that second tier. Like, so again, Mahomes in his own tier, but that next group of guys, that two through seven group, I've got to get at least one of those guys or else I'm jittery as shit. The rest You're right. <laughs> That's where we differ. Cause I'm totally yeah. fine. Not getting one of those guys. Like if Ryan Tan, if Derek Carr is my QB two, no issue. Ryan Tannehill is my QB two, No issue. Like that's fine. Like I can live with that. I don't love it. I'd rather have two of those tier two guys or, or one and a real high tier three guy, you know? Um, but, but, but if I have to live with, you know, one of those tier two guys and then uh, one of the, these other guys that we're talking about. And here's another guy that I target in almost every draft, Jared Goff, because for me, Jared Goff is is never going to be a top five quarterback. He's never going to be a top eight quarterback, but I'll be damned if he's not going to be top 15. Mm -hmm. He's proven it year after year after every year. year. He's stopped well. Yeah, yeah, usually he's going to be at the back end of the QB1 conversation, you know, most years. So, like, he's a guy that I think you can get a little bit later when you're talking about some of these other guys. You know, you can get him a little bit later maybe as your quarterback too and feel pretty good about that and and feel, you know, I think he's locked in there in L.A., at least at least for now. I mean, he signed that big contract last, last offseason, so, I mean, I, you know, I think he's going to be there for the next couple of years at least. Um, and I feel pretty confident in him personally, but, uh, but yeah, I just, I'd get antsy with the quarterbacks. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I'd, I'd, you know, so, so I say that I would make the value play. And when I sit here, think I, you know, I heard Rocky start talking there and, and I'm sitting here thinking about it and my palms are getting sweaty and I'm like, <laughs> uh, shit, never mind. I'll pick You're like, you're like even Rocky wouldn't make the value. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> At least I have somebody to start. You know. And I think a lot of this all comes down to to with this whole QB debate we're having is is risk tolerance. Sure. Like yeah. especially like in the way this mock went, that it's not quite the the dire situation that John laid out. You know, I'm I'm willing to. I only took one quarterback in the first in my first four picks. Uh, I'm willing to to risk that someone I'm okay with at least is there at the five six turn, and I'm also okay with the idea that I might be taking a guy that's only got two years or one year, and then I have to replace him. Whereas uh, it, a lot of guys like you guys might might not be. You don't want that. Um, so I, I, a lot of this just comes down to to 
how how willing are you to you know what's your risk tolerance yeah yeah exactly and 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 i think that that's you know that's a pretty important point and and you know that's why i like to lay out these like worst case scenario hypotheticals even though it it like you said it's not going to happen it still could and you know the fact that we're seeing all of a sudden you know 9 10 quarterbacks going in the first round like it it kind of it, that does kind of signal that super flex players you know if you get the right mix of them you could end up with some massive quarterback runs they kind of leave you in a, in a bad spot. And, you know, I, I, so I, I, I like to, you know, to kind of turn up the temperature on, on you analysts and, and, you know, say, you know, what is your risk tolerance? What's your strategy? What I would submit to you guys is that, that maybe those picks should be one Oh three, one Oh four pencil those in as your two quarterbacks and then see what happens in the next two rounds. Maybe those quarterbacks that you were looking at are just too gross for everybody else. Maybe at that point the quarterback runs are finally done and you know Matt Ryan and Derek Carr make it all the way back to you. You get those two guys and now those rookie picks become you know the running backs that you could have potentially taken, you know, in those in those previous two picks. Um, not, probably not quite as good, but I mean, you're looking at, you know, Travis Etienne, Najee Harris, probably right now, um, not quite as good as the running backs who were available to you at those picks, but you know, you got that insurance at, at quarterback. If, you know, if the quarterback run continues, then you just target some, some rookie quarterbacks and, and, you know, Trey Lance and, and, you know Wilson or Trask or whatever hope that that you know at least one of those guys pans out and you start to build up the quarterback position from there but you know to to me like that's the way that you can kind of mitigate the risk and that's the beauty of having rookie picks available in the startup is the fact that they are so malleable you know they can they can kind of fit your your roster construction the entire way through the draft. Yeah. And they, they won't lose and they're only going to gain in value uh, mm-hmm. if, you, if you're doing it before the draft, obviously. And, and I think there's a really good point you made there too, um, is that if, if it was the dire situation you laid out for me and Brian with the quarterbacks, if you really wanted to be risky, I mean, there's a very good chance that the, the very next couple guys might still be there in two rounds. Because if that many quarterbacks have gone off the board in the first four rounds, everybody at some point has to start making up the the ground at running back and wide receiver and tight end. So it, it, you may not see more than like one quarterback taking the next couple rounds anyway. Yeah, yeah. At some point, at some point, those quarterback runs are going to shut down. Yeah, they have to. Like even even for somebody like me, I, I like going quarterback extreme. But if everybody else is doing it there's no longer uh, an advantage for me to gain by going quarterback heavy. Everybody's going to have the quarterbacks that they need. So there isn't the market. There isn't the demand for my quarterbacks anymore. They don't have to trade for one of my quarterbacks. They've got everything that they need. Mm -hmm. So, you know, so, uh, and, and I've been in startups like that and it looks like we're probably going to see a fair amount of that. Uh, this this non-point scoring season so 
it's gonna it's gonna make things interesting and and like I said I I, I like to help people kind of prepare um, for the possibility even though it's not likely so um, man we could talk about this draft <laughs> we could we could pick this thing apart um, I I uh, uh, you know we could we could and at some point rock we're gonna have to bring you back and and talk a little bit about roster construction. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, you know, I, I, I think that, that our, our two rosters here are pretty interesting. I might even yeah. bring it back up. Uh, even when you're not here, I might have to still, uh, d- dissect these a little bit, but I think if I, I was looking at it before the show and if, if I had your roster, I think I would be going nuts, but <laughs> <laughs> likewise, man, <laughs> we made it an hour and a half <laughs> without you offending me too much. I, I, kinda, I, I feel pretty good about my roster. Um, as do I, <laughs> yeah, uh, yours, I, I will say yours is not nearly as bad as I thought it would be. I think that, uh, uh, I, I think that, that you've got um, a, a very balanced roster that, honestly, I would, I would feel very good taking that into the season. Which is yeah, generally what I shoot for. Yeah. Um, I don't like balance, but I, I, <laughs> if, that's, if that's what you're into, uh, Rocky's strategy is definitely going to get you there. So, uh, and, there's, and there's definite value in that. Um, but we've gone long, way long. We knew we would, but still, for you East Coasters, it's uh, Brian Har's birthday. Yeah. By the way, happy, happy birthday, birthday, Brian! <laughs> oh, thank you. Happy birthday, Mild Wild. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, happy birthday, Meatloaf Wildcat. <laughs> <laughs> Just turned thirty something. He he could in in it's leave it at that. I leave it at that. Thirty something. Well, I was gonna say. I mean, like you you could like there's there's a pretty big range just by looking at Brian. Like, so he's 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 got a what a five year old daughter. Uh, three going on four. Three go okay. Three going on four. So we know that Brian's got to be at least four going on five. Anywhere up to, I don't know, early early forties. I think is probably the oldest he could pull off. <laughs> he's 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 giving me I, the, I, the I daggers. I, I can't change it. <laughs> roll with it. Kind of like kind of like my drafts. I just roll with it. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Just 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 take what they give you. Let the draft come to you. <laughs> early 40s really isn't bad that's uh that's that's meant to be a compliment you you could you could be much younger you could pass as much younger i'm sure you still get carded i would imagine occasionally occasionally yeah yeah there you go there you go that's a hat yeah yeah exactly and and especially when you're wearing that justin herbert jersey now like (laughs) you're you're gonna you're definitely gonna look like a 10 year old (laughs) <laughs> I don't know what to say right now. Hey, I'm younger than both of you, so that's true. These guys both beat. So I am. Does. I am the baby in this group. Yeah. Yep. But yeah, happy birthday! Thank you. Thank to you. My to my good good friend. Yes. 
And another one of my my newest um, and uh, most favorite of friends. Um, we've got a very love hate relationship. Sure. Sometimes sure. rock, but frenemies. Uh, yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we are the definition of that. But um, it was it was awesome to get to talk with you, and uh, especially to uh, to have this conversation with so much so much substance to it without us having to really, you know, get into the, the nuts and bolts of, of our uh, respective strategies and our, our disagreements. So right. yeah, we, we, we did good, man. In yeah, an hour we, and we a said half. We weren't going to, we weren't going to, it was, if we had done that. This might've been a three hour podcast. So right. <laughs> <laughs> I would have left halfway through. <laughs> <laughs> this would be the new standard, Brian. and that's coming by the way nobody's gonna listen to that entire thing so nobody (laughs) i I don't know you probably might as well not listen to any of it if you're not gonna listen to the whole thing so there you go we're we're gonna be talking it's gonna be very self-indulgent but we're still gonna do it (laughs) (laughs) rock thanks for having uh, or thanks for being here uh thanks for joining us um where where can people find your work yeah, you can uh, find me at uh, the Dynasty Junkies podcast. Uh, it's basically available wherever you, you can get podcasts, uh, Apple, Stitcher, all those places. Um, you can follow the, the the pod at Twitter account at Dynasty Junkies. Um, uh, we're on the DAP Network. Also, uh, the same home as Brian's uh, Trade Addicts podcast at Dup underscore network. You can find me at Dynasty FF Addict. Uh, my DMs are always open if, if you have any questions or uh, anything you want to ask me. Uh, I'm always available. So uh, that's basically it. I just I do the podcast and uh, uh, that's where you can find me. Beautiful. Har, how are you going to celebrate? Um, okay. So tomorrow morning it's, it's eggs and bacon. Um, Wakey, Wakey, eggs and bacon. Yeah. With, with <laughs> whatever the hell my daughter wants to watch. Cause she wakes up and owns us all. She's, she's still the boss of you. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, we are getting some honey baked ham slices for lunch. Uh, we have a honey baked ham store closed, so we're getting that for lunch. We're going to make some sandwiches. Um, with tomato i love tomato um and then for dinner i don't know what we're doing in the middle of the day i i haven't whatever my wife wants to do will do i don't really care just, i mean i get to spend time with my girls tomorrow so that's that's heaven on earth for me so um but uh yeah she said something about dinner i think we're doing burgers and beer so it should be a good one it should be a good day sounds like a good birthday to me yeah, yeah burgers beer. <laughs> right. That's right. And there's some football and family. Who the hell's playing, but uh there's some NFL football on. Who's playing tomorrow night? Rams and Patriots. There you go. Rams and Patriots. Yeah. Not a real good game, but still it's, <laughs> it's football. So yeah. Yeah. Super Bowl 54 rematch or 53 rematch. Yeah. Yeah. Uh yeah. worst one Bowl of those. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's true. Battle of the punters. Yeah. 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 Still. Um, well, enjoy it and just know that uh I'm gonna do everything in my power to make sure there's some fireworks going off in Superflex City uh in your honor. Yes. So, awesome. Yeah. Awesome. 
Let's wrap it up there for the week, though. Subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. Subscribe to the DLF family of podcasts, Mega Feed. Subscribe to Super Flex City, where you can get access to the Super Show, Super Flexible, Super Flexperts, and every other Super Flex podcast that will it has been and will ever be created. <laughs> Everything that you need to know on Superflex. It's all there in Superflex City. Uh, but once you've subscribed to the Super Show, do us a huge favor, rate and review, help us get out to more people and touch on more topics that are useful to your super friends. You can get at us on Twitter at Superflex Show, uh, at Superflex City as well. Um, but even better, just get to us individually. <laughs> We're so much better at responding to those. Uh, Brian's at Brian Har FF, Rocky's at Dynasty FF Addict, and I'm at Superflex Dude. This episode was dedicated in loving memory to James the Brain Catullus. Thank you to DLF for the platform. Thank you to Heart and Soul Radio for the music. And above all else, thank you for listening. And until next week, stay sexy and super flexible.